Let's talk about what we can learn from Captain Sir Tom Moore. Let's also discuss the gangs and violence matrix. What about Jamaica's marijuana shortage and a whole lot more? This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for joining Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Through violence, you may solve one problem, but you sow the seeds for another, the Dalai Lama. So this week, this week, uh, found it quite funny, um, the fact that um, it was put out there that Jamaica's um, marijuana shortage um, has been branded as a cultural embarrassment. So it's, it's just, I mean, obviously, because cannabis is now um, legal in many places across the world, um, now, now this is obviously news. Um, this would have happened, I'm sure, countless times before, but because there wasn't money for corporates, it wouldn't have, um, it wouldn't have been spoken about like this. Um, it probably would have been just spoken like that amongst the locals and, you know, people that smoke and stuff like that. But yeah, so now it's, now it's international news. So it's been put down to, uh, the hurricanes, um, the drought, there's been a bit of a drought there, and obviously the, the pandemic situation is taking its toll on um, farmers and their crops, etc. So yeah, um, so that's now a cultural embarrassment. So it's just, it's just funny how things have changed. Um, funny how things have changed over the years, and there's still more change to come, no doubt. But obviously in, in Jamaica, um, you're allowed to have up to 56 grams um, for your... That, well, if you've got 56 grams, you'll, you won't go to prison or you won't get arrested or get a criminal record anymore you'll just get a small fine so quite different to how it used to be in the past so yeah um, and you're also allowed to um, cultivate up to five plants um, and Rastafarians also um, they're legally allowed to smoke um, for sacramental purposes so so yeah but yeah that 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 did kind of tickle me a bit because um, obviously I remember a time where it was you know, it was it was the worst thing on earth. Um, this is how cannabis was spoken about across the world. So, yeah. So this week uh, also lost um, Sir Tom Moore. Everybody knows his name now. Um, Hundred year old uh, army veteran. I I really I really want to watch. Uh, I started watching the beginning part of his um, interview with Piers Morgan, but I haven't watched all of it. But um, his his story is really interesting, but yeah, um, sad he he passed this week, and you know obviously he, he, there's so many metaphors and so many examples of how you know it's not over till it's over. You know this this man's you know he he was in his 99th year he started raising all that money and raised untold millions, um, and yeah you know become become Sir Tom and Captain Tom and all of these things. But he, he had a really um a really colourful life. Some aspects of his life were quite colourful and interesting. So but yeah, definitely a good example of of somebody who, you know, really made his mark on the planet, you know, and, and I suppose it shows as well, you know, that is there's an opportunity for all of us to do stuff like that, you know, to do things that, you know, leave a legacy. You know, 
Um, so if you have any ideas of things you want to do to help people, and, you know, not doing it for the legacy, but, you know, just by doing good, I suppose, just by doing good, sometimes the world looks, the world sees. Um, but, yeah, he'll, he'll go there in history, and I'm sure they'll, they'll have um, statues of him. And, um, and based on what I know of him so far, I mean, I don't know everything about him, but based on what I know so far, I can't imagine anybody be trying to pull down his statue, you know, because that's... For all intents and purposes, this is somebody who's who's worth commemorating in that way, um, because he, you know, he's broken broken all kinds of records with that amount of money he raised in that short space of time. So, as especially being ninety nine years old, so yeah, hats off to him. Hats off to him. So yes, more more variants mutating. Um, Scientists have spoken about a new variant, again, the UK, the Kent variant's mutated again, um, and they've now called that one, I think it's E484K. They'll probably give it an, another name at some stage. But, um, but yeah, um, it's thought that the vaccine may, it may, re, may have a reduced effectiveness, effectiveness on it, but I suppose time will tell. Um, but, yeah. Viruses doing what viruses do, mutate, you know, so it's part of our life now. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, although, you know, it's been over a year now, well, I think it's no, coming up to a year or maybe just over a year, somewhere around that. But I think it's, it's going to be, even though it's something we're going to have to live with, etc. it's going to be in the news and we'll, we're going to be talking about it to a lesser or a greater extent. But... Definitely, while we're in lockdown, we'll definitely talk about it a lot more. Um, but the good news is you've got places like the Isle of Man who have ended their second lockdown now, and the pubs, the cafes, high streets are open. Um, yeah, and the social distancing rules don't apply anymore. They've been scrapped. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, there's a, it, it, we can come out of it. You know, we can get back to some kind of normality. And I hope things stay that way for, for, for the Isle of Man. I know their borders are still very tight, so, you know, none of us can't be going over there and uh, they're trying to keep everything um, separate during this time, understandably. But, yeah, hats off to them. Um, I know, that, I mean, obviously they're a, a smaller smaller island and they, they were quite strict with how they did it as well. You know, they would put people in prison for not adhering to certain rules and stuff. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're living some normality at this point. So, yeah, um, yeah, hats off to him, man, hats off to him. But like I said, it's, it's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we can see, obviously, we've got the examples of Australia and, and New Zealand, but it's nice to have somewhere close to home that we can see that um, are benefiting from coming out of lockdown. So, yeah, good news, good news for them. Um but there, there has been talks about um, uh, government plans for um, vaccine passports. Um, I heard something in regards to Greece. So I think Greece, Greece um, may allow people in if they can prove that they've uh, had a vaccination and stuff like that. So, so yeah, ongoing thing. You know, things are going to change. Things change real quick, you know, over these next couple of years, the, the last year, things change day by day. So, but yeah, possibly um, that certification system being planned, but we'll see how that goes. In um, North London, 
Tottenham, uh, Ealing and Mitcham, they've started the new um, surge testing. We'd, we'd have had um, uh, 100 plus cases of the South African variant. They've started to do this surge testing. It's, it's just amazing how many new phrases, you know, coming out with surge testing and all the other ones Boris has spoken about. But yeah, totally changing the whole um, dictionary. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how many how many new COVID-related words end up in the dictionary when that time comes around. But yeah, so um, door-to-door, yeah, mobile testing units, um, knocking on people's doors, offering them uh, quick COVID tests and stuff. And so, yeah, it's uh, strange times, strange times. And uh, these are not going to be... I think these are some of the first areas that, that are having this surge testing, but... Um, I'm pretty sure it won't be the last. They won't be the last for sure. Um, and uh, Sage, uh, Sage have said that the social distancing and will be probably enforced till 2022. So, yeah, this, they've warned that um, they basically they need to get 85 percent um, of people um, to have the jab um, for it to be um, effective in in minimizing the transition. Uh, transmission of the virus so we will see i mean i, I mean I think, I think i've said it a few times my my thing is in my mind as an individual and, and i know it doesn't work for for everybody but i've already got it in my mind that you know things are going to be topsy-turvy and you know subject to change rapidly you know for the next five years you know and if Hopefully, I really, really, really do hope I'm wrong, you know. But um, but as long as me personally, as long as I I can think about it in that way, if things change in in a positive direction, it's an added bonus, you know. But what it does for me personally, it it, it means that I um, work out a way to live with with this chaos, rather than waiting for things to change and kind of, um, you know, kind of following that carrot on a stick kind of thing. So, yeah, but that works for me. But it doesn't work for everybody. I mean, for some people, that's a daunting thought, you know, to think of it like that. But, yeah, but you've got to do what you've got to do to get through it. You know, whatever it is, whatever mental space you need to put your mind in to, to get through it, um, do that, you know, do that, yeah. So, so um, sadly, there's been a spate of um, stabbings over the past, over this past week, um, from Scotland down to London. Um, I know there was a, there was a few things that happened in Scotland, um, around various parts of Scotland, and apparently they weren't connected. And the same in London, you know, there's, there, there was a few a few stabbings um, across London, um, and apparently they're not connected as well. So. I don't know, something about this week. Um, yeah, but in London, there's been two two fatal stabbings. Um, well, it, the, the first the first one, a 22-year-old um, man was killed in um, Croydon. Yeah, um, and but like I said, around that time, there was like 10 different, 10 different attacks and uh, 10 people injured. But yeah, my, my thoughts and prayers are out for the, the family of that 22-year-old man. And then um, just on Friday, um, another young, uh, another um, 
a man in the, in the 20s was killed in um, Kilburn, another stabbing as well. So, you know, two, two young lives gone, you know, just like that, just like that. So my thoughts and prayers definitely go out for, for both of the families. Um, they haven't released the names of the, of the young people, um, but, yeah, my thoughts and prayers are with them for sure. So the, the gang's matrix, the gang's violence um, matrix, which was set up around, um, around the time of the, the, the Tottenham riots, I believe, um, that they have recently uh, removed um, a 1,000 black males um, off of there. Um, and it's basically come to light that it really it discriminates against black males pretty much. Um, even, you know, there'd be young black males that are on this matrix that are not gang-related themselves specifically, never committed a crime or whatever, but they may have siblings that are involved in it and they'd go on it by default, you know, which is obviously not correct. Um, so, so, yeah, they've, they've taken uh, a thousand of them off. Um, and it turns out that 80% of the people on the on the list are are black, you know, of black African descent, Londoners specifically as well. So, so yeah, something has to be be changed around that. You know, the fact that they've you know had to take a thousand black men off of that just like that just shows that there's there's, there's something not right with that. And and as we know, um, if you, I mean, if you've got a gangs mate gangs matrix, there's gangs all over the UK. You know, there's gangs in Scotland, there's gangs in Newcastle, there's, ga- you know, there's gangs everywhere. There's gangs in, in Birmingham, there's gangs in Leeds. So if, these, if this, this gang's matrix is predominantly made up of black males from London, what's, why, why wouldn't it include, you know, Asian gangs, Scottish gangs, you know? Newcastle gangs, just all the gangs, you know, if, it, if it's a gang match. So, yeah, something's, something has to definitely change around that. So I'd, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that one, you know. Because you can imagine, if, you, if you've got, you got your, your child who's, who's, you find out that they're on that matrix, you know, that's, and they're not, you know, they're doing the right things, it's just through association why they're on there, that could change the whole trajectory of that person's opportunities, you know, their life, ultimately. So... So, yeah, definitely need to tidy up that for sure. So, yeah, definitely be keeping an eye out on that. Um, I mean, the, the last podcast I did spoke about the, the racism in football and, you know, straight after that, pretty much, I think, pretty much when that podcast went live, um, Marcus Rashford um, spoke about him being racially abused um, after the, the nil-nil draw with Arsenal. Um, and, they, they, you know, they... they these small-minded people started to abuse him over social media. Um, but, you know, this is Marcus Rashford, and, and Marcus Rashford is fully aware who he is and what, he, what value he adds to the world. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he, he sees it for what it is and, he, you know, he, he'll, he'll keep it pushing. And maybe, maybe this will prompt him to kind of get behind it in, and use his kind of weight because he's he's got he's got a different kind of weight to other footballers at the moment, especially young black footballers. So who knows what he'll do? But I like the quote that he, he put out. He said, um, "I'm a black man and I live every day proud that I am." 
you know. So that's obviously directed to those um, them bigots out there that are trying to, you know, take away from a from a young black man's spirit. But he, he's very aware of who he is, you know, and what he does. So, but yeah, this I mean, racism in football. I mean, I think it's a noble thing for us to to try and address it and eradicate it. But I'm, I'm again, I, I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, football has always had a racial element to it, as far as I know. I mean, I'm, if, I might be wrong. If, there's, if you could tell me a time when football didn't have a racial element to it, um, then I'd be happy to be proven wrong. Um, can I see a time when there is no racism in football? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think ra- racism is something that, I suppose it's, it's human. It's, it's something that humans do, you know, sadly, you know, on some level. Regardless, you know, just across the planet, it's just something that is inbuilt. So will it, will it, I think, re- reduce. I think we'd be winning if we can start reducing it. Totally eradicating racism on earth. I think it's a tall order. I think that might be a tall order. But again, it's one of those things that um, I'd love to be wrong about that. I really would. Um, David Olasuga um, has spoken about um, the... Well, basically, in, in response to people who believe that um, bringing down the statues of people involved in in the slave trade somehow impoverishes history. So he's kind of basically bucking against that. Um, and rightfully so, you know, because I, I, I think I said that also in the last podcast as well. I, you know, take it, taking them down and putting them into, into museums and, and putting things into the, the right context um, doesn't doesn't take away from history. It just deals with it accordingly, you know, how we should be dealing with it in 2021. Um, so, so yeah, I, he, he went on to say, um, instead, he went on to say uh, it doesn't, by having them, having, basically having the, having the statues out there like that in the way that we do have them, it kind of validates the terrible things that were done you know, just by default, just the fact that there is a statue of this person and it is in a prominent place, it validates on a subconscious level the stuff that went on, you know. And I, I, I totally, totally agree with that, you know. It's, I mean, I think it's, it's not about whitewashing history. It's not about hiding history. It's about putting things into context and, and giving praise where it's due, but not giving praise where it's not due. You know, I think that's the long and short of it from my perspective. Um, and but you know, a lot, a lot of good has come from all of the turmoil of last year in regards to um, the the whole Black Lives Matter situation of twenty twenty. Because now you've got the City of London um, removing statues like now, like they're just doing it off of the back, you know, w- without being prompted to. Well, obviously there was prompted to over. 2020 but they're they're going about moving them so they're they'll from the from within the square mile they'll be removing a statue of William Beckford 
um, Sir John and Sir John Cass from um, Guildhall and in Moorgate. So, so yeah, this is a good thing, you know. That's that's being proactive rather than reactive, you know, somewhat, you know. And hopefully they will, you know, move around and, and do that. And I'm pretty sure it's not about they're not taking them down and destroying them. You can bet your bottom dollar they're not doing that, and there's no need to do that. But they'll be in a in a museum somewhere, you know, so people can understand that piece of history and put it into context, you know. So, so yeah, so good on the City of London for finally um, taking the initiative and doing stuff like that. It's, it's a good look. It's a good move. I found out something around um, Nigerian inheritance, something I, I, I didn't realise. So, basically, in as part, part of the um, Igbo um, people, they, when... When somebody uh, passes, when the father passes, first of all, the, the, the men, or maybe the women as well, they're a bit superstitious, so they don't really do wills. Um, so what happens generally is when the men, when, when they pass, the, the inheritance generally goes to the men, you know, especially if there's no will um, written. So it generally goes to the men, and that's part of the tradition. But obviously... You know, being in 2021, women are not happy with that. Maybe they've never been happy with it, but they're speaking out a lot more. And, and some women are taking, taking, uh, taking it to court. Um, you know, um, and I think recent some some of the recent cases that have gone to court, the court Supreme Court did rule that it was discrimination. There was discrimination. Let me say that <laughs> there was discrimination in it. So, so yeah. But if you, if they don't take it to court. Um, then, yeah, it, pretty much it all goes to the men. Um, but then again, some women are, are reluctant to take it to court because obviously it causes family rifts and, and things like that on top of the bereavement. Um, but yeah, so it looks like it's, it's something that's about to change, you know, over time. But yeah, I, I, I didn't really know anything about that, so that it, was, it was interesting to hear how that goes. And I think from the male perspective, from, from what I've read about that, from the male perspective, it's... It's the fact that when when the women get married, um, they the the men, you know, they marry into that family. So that's where their um, their wealth, I suppose, will come from. I, th I think that's the the whole concept behind it, or that's how men will try to defend it in twenty twenty one. But obviously, for the women that doesn't wash, you know, then they're, they're not they're not having that anymore. But um, tradition, yeah. So tradition isn't always right, you know. Um, and sometimes you have to relook at things. So we'll see how that goes as time goes on. So, um, so yeah, in regards to our health, you know, obviously this is a time where health is paramount in everyone's mind, for, you know, on one level or another. Um, but another piece of kit that I, I've had for a few years that is helpful in, in letting you know what's going on you know, within your body, you know, rather than rather than just your weight or just how you fit in your clothes and stuff. At the end of the day, there's things that are going on in our bodies that will either lead to issues later on, or if you know that they're happening, you can you can kind of reduce the chance of these things happening in the future, or at least make them um, less of an issue when they do come up, depending on what it is. So. What I use myself, it's a, it's a smart body fat um, scales, basically. Um, you can get them on Amazon. They're 
under under 30 pounds um, and there, there's the scales where you can stand on those with with no socks on and it kind of sends a current through you and um, it gives you various readings you know you get about on the one that I have I think you get about maybe about 10 or 12 different readings things like your um, fat percentage the fat around your vital organs your water your body water levels your protein levels um, how much fat you've got stored in your skin so if you know um, these things especially things like fat around your vital organs you know you you want to have minimal fat around your vital organs um, but how are you going to know now you know I'm not saying that these 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 um, scales are 100% accurate you know obviously I'm sh- pretty sure if you go to the GP and and do various tests that will be might possibly be more accurate but this will give you at least an idea of what's going on you know um, because you can you can you can look a full bill of health you can feel a full bill of health but if you don't know what's going on inside you you know you you may not be as healthy and as fit as you you thought you were so that's a um, a piece of kit i would definitely suggest we explore or you explore because i've got mine <laughs> um and yeah I, I really don't use it for 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 the weight aspect either you know um i i generally say to people that if you get if you if you know what your fat percentage is and you get that down to a healthy level your weight generally falls in line anyway off of the back of that to be fair so so yeah definitely a piece of kit um to get for the home if you haven't got one already you may have one already um and you know obviously through this lockdown you know this this time we're in um some things have gone up we you know domestic violence we, we spoke spoke about that quite a bit but also now it's come to light that um, alcohol deaths have hit record highs through this pandemic. Um, obviously, you know, alcohol is often used to, to celebrate, to relax. You know, if it becomes an issue, people use it to hide stuff and to forget things. Um, as it will sometimes just self-medicating with it. And yeah, but... Um, it's obviously we're stuck at home a lot. Some people are stuck at home alone. People are dealing with bereavement, and you know there's a, there's just a lot going on. People losing jobs, all kinds of things going on. So it's kind of stands the reason that alcohol use would go up. Um, so yeah, that's so. If you, I mean, if you, if you're somebody who's can be honest with yourself and say, you know, what, I've been drinking a little bit more than I should. You know, there are places where you can get support you know you can get support from aa you know and these these things you can aa is alcohol anonymous but you can find um online meetings um online um if you just google aa and then you there's pretty much meetings going on all the time you know to get support around that so that is something i would definitely say if you feel like you're in a situation where you are drinking a bit more than you used to and you're finding it challenging to 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 slow it down. Definitely um, have a look. Have a you know speak to someone from AA. That would be, that would be a good start. That would be a good start. Um, but basically, since in 2019, the between 2019 and 2020, they've done a, a measurement for the, the first nine months during that time, and it's gone up 16 percent during that time. And that's alcohol deaths. Um, so yeah, 
alcohol is, you know, obviously it's legal. You know, people, like, as I said, people use it to celebrate and stuff. But I think we, we, we forget that alcohol is poison, you know, for the human body. It's, it's literally poison to the human body. So, um, so yeah, it's not something to be taken lightly, especially when you're in stress times and that becomes your, your comfort. Um, so, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that and, and keep an eye on the people around you, you know, because you, you might recognise that they're overdoing it and often that's the way it goes. People who are overdoing uh, alcohol and other substances, they don't know their self, they don't recognise it themselves. so it might be you're the person that's kind of, the one that's going to highlight it for them and let them start kind of checking what they're doing. So, yeah, look out for each other for sure. So a book that I've been asked to speak on today is An American Marriage by Tara Jones. And it's um, an emotional, rousing account of um, black love. Um, She tells a story of a, a husband and wife um, and the husband was wrongly accru- accused of rape and served a prison sentence. And basically the story goes through the struggle, um, the struggle um, that they, they're going through, you know, to stay together, you know. Obviously think with, with such a thing like that, you know, being wrongly accused of rape and, you know, and they, they, they love each other and whatnot, but their paths are kind of diverging. So, yeah. It's supposed to be a really good book, so um, definitely check that one out. So we've also, we've got a storm on the way. Uh, we've got this, well, they, they say we've got a storm on the way. Um, I forgot the name of it. They, they named the storms, but I actually forgot the name of this one. But anyway, they, they said it's going to snow. Actually, they said it was going to snow about five hours ago, you know, and I, I haven't seen any snow yet, so maybe it's a false alarm, maybe... Maybe it's going to swerve us, but maybe not, you know. We're, we still haven't had, we still, well, we're only just in February, so we could have some um, bad weather coming coming up. So, yeah, might be snowed in, maybe some more snow fights, maybe some more going down the hills on some sleighs. Um, but if it does, if it, if it does start snowing, then we have the, what they're predicting is just really about planning your journeys and, you know, um, yeah, planning your journeys and, and driving safe and avoiding driving down hills. The amount of videos um, that I saw um, come through on my phone of people, you know, sliding down hills and bumping into cars, you know, multiple cars all the way down the hill. Because obviously, once you're once you're on that 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 snow and the ice and you've your brakes have locked, you, it's like you're driving on glass. So. Yeah, so if this storm does come and it does get really bad, just be mindful about your journeys and and where you drive and where you park your car. You don't want to be parking your car on hills. You know, like I said, avoid... Your, the quickest route home might be going downhill. But if it's snowing like that, it's better you take the scenic route. Um, yeah, and drive slow. So, on that note... Um, I will ask you to share this podcast. You know, if you know somebody who could find some value in in listening to Pablo's podcast, um, please share. Um, At least one person. If you can share it with one person, that'd be good. Okay, so um, thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. 
And hopefully you can join me in the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.